Welcome to Words and Ways, a mini podcast from Young Life, where our goal is to get to know and become more like Jesus each day. One of the best ways to do this is to spend time in God's Word. But sometimes, the stories in the Bible get so familiar that we might stop expecting to see and learn new things. So join us each week as we dive into Scripture, believing that there's always more to see, always more to learn, and always more to experience. John chapter 4, verses 3 through 14. Jesus left Judea and he returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. It's a straight shot from my house to a nearby university campus, about a 15-minute easy drive south on one main road except for this one 18-month stretch of time when they closed the road for repairs. From my house, the detour turned left a bit, crossed over the Wabash River, then turned and followed along the river, and then turned right to go back over the river and into campus. The whole detour didn't add more than six minutes to the drive, but it was annoying because it wasn't a direct route and it messed with everyone's driving routines and schedules. Back in Jesus' day, It was a straight shot from Judea to Galilee, about 70 miles, or a three-day walk. But between Judea and Galilee was Samaria, kind of like a three-scoop ice cream cone. And many Jews traveling from Judea, the bottom scoop of the cone, up to Galilee, the top scoop, would take a voluntary detour around Samaria, the middle scoop. They would turn right, cross over the Jordan River, then turn left and follow along the Jordan River north, and then turn left to go back over the Jordan River into Galilee from a sideways road. My 18-month detour was a non-optional, slight annoyance that added maybe six minutes to my drive. This ancient detour in Jesus' day was completely optional and actually added several days to the trip. Why would anyone willingly double their travel time when there was a quicker and more direct route. Here's why. Because Jews and Samaritans, as a rule, didn't have anything to do with each other, 
including walking on their roads, walking through their cities, and talking to their people. Except for Jesus, who always broke traditions that weren't grounded in truth. The source of the Jewish-Samaritan feud was ancient. At one time, they'd actually all been part of the same Israelite family and nation, but at some point, the nation had split into a northern and a southern kingdom. Eventually, both of them were conquered by outside enemies. Their lands were occupied, lots of people were exiled. Those from the northern kingdom intermarried with Gentiles, and then they established new worship places and practices. They eventually became known as the Samaritans. Those from the southern kingdom held fast to what they'd been taught. They didn't intermarry with Gentiles, and they maintained the traditional worship places and practices. They became known as the Jews. And they looked down on their northern Samaritan neighbors who, in their view, had unfaithfully sold themselves out to impure and worldly influences. So by Jesus' day, the hatred between these two groups was so deep and had lasted so long that there was really no getting around it. Unless you were Jesus, who always found a way around bad ideas in order to connect with real people. On this particular day, Jesus chose to travel directly from Judea up to Galilee, which meant going through Samaria, which meant being in the presence of Samaritans, which meant being exposed to great risks, supposedly. Why would he choose that route? Did he do it just to shave three days off the less risky detour route? Jesus doesn't seem like someone motivated by shaving time off the clock or pursuing travel efficiency. He does, though, seem like someone motivated by love and truth and the deep desire to do his Father's work, which was to share the good news of himself and God's kingdom with everyone. And so, through Samaria he went, with his disciples, who probably had plenty of opinions about his chosen route. At midday, while his friends were off looking for food, Jesus rested by a well, and all the supposedly great risks happened in a single moment when he came face to face with a triple threat. A Samaritan, who was a woman, who had questionable relationships. And he reacted as he so often did. He treated her as a person with value and purpose by talking to her directly. In this case, he started with a question. Will you give me a drink of water? This wasn't a domineering demand. It was instead a hospitable invitation. By inviting the Samaritan woman to actually help him. After all, he was tired and it was hot and he was thirsty. He placed himself in a position of humility and gave her a position of power where she could decide how to respond. Their conversation that followed covered lots of old Jewish versus Samaritan ground about where people should really worship and who is really right about God. And then it moved to new ground. Jesus started a whole new thread of history when he said to her, If you knew who I really am, you would have asked me for water. Not standing well water, but flowing water that gives life, that actually becomes a spring of living water within the person who drinks it. Jesus used what was right in front of him to teach this woman about what was right in front of her, the promised Messiah, who would come not just for the Jewish people, but for all people, including Samaritans. Well, she responded by saying, 
I know that the Messiah, called the Christ, is coming. And when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And she was right. And it was happening to her in that moment and in that place. The promise was being fulfilled to a Samaritan woman. A lot has been said and conjectured about this woman. But here's the thing that we know for sure and that seems to matter the most. She met Jesus and was changed because she listened to him and believed him and believed in him. So much so that she left her water jar behind, like some disciples had left their nets and their tax booth behind, and she went running back to her village to tell everyone about who she'd met, someone that she first called a Jewish man, and then a prophet, and then the Messiah, and then the Savior of the world. After the woman told her village about Jesus, they went out to meet him themselves and begged him to stay with them and teach them personally, after which they too believed. The story says that Jesus stayed there for two days, almost as long as the detour around Samaria would have taken. So in the end, he didn't really save any time at all, but he saved lots of people. He invites us to be one of his saved people too, learning about him, listening to him, living with him, and drinking of his living water every day so that it bubbles up within us, ready to be shared with others. Thanks for joining us in the words and ways of Jesus. Check out the program notes for written scripts, discussion questions, and additional resources. Our hope is that the words and ways of Jesus transform your mind, fill your heart, and encourage your soul today and every day.